the relationship between athletes and cannabis has long been decried for its perceived negative association. Thankfully, that misconception is being reshaped as athletes are now experiencing a certain form of liberation, one which has inspired them to move from the shadows and serve as advocates for the medicine that they deem so vital. These stories are worthy of greater attention and will serve to help augment the discourse around medicinal cannabis. The cannabis culture and sport deserves to be celebrated, not maligned. And these conversations will move us in that direction. Welcome to Winning with Cannabis with your host, Bill Bronner. Welcome to Winning with Cannabis. This is your host, Bill Bronner. I am thrilled to introduce um, a guest of ours today, one who I have been uh, eagerly awaiting to engage, uh, an inc- just incredibly formidable individual in the greater cannabis industry, uh, specifically on the in the medical sector, none other than Dr. Uma Donabalan. Welcome to the show, Dr. Uma. Thank you so much, Bill. I really appreciate you and Brasco for having me here today and look forward to sharing some time together. Much, much awaited. No shortage of issues to delve into and knowing how kind of extensive your experience is, we're going to cover a fair amount of ground in um, in the abbreviated period that we have. Um, I, I would go through, I mentioned formidable at the outset, your background is so extensive, and then the breadth of your work is almost unparalleled, um, ranging from your education at Harvard to uh, some of the excellent work that you've done with leading athletes across the globe, individuals such as um, Ricky Williams, former NFL pro, to Hector Macho Camacho, to being on the front lines of of research uh, in terms of helping to kind of sharpen up the scientific um, regime that um, is, you know, helping to kind of define the next steps for discovering and um, unearthing uh, new new modes of therapy. Uh, your body work is just so so impressive. I'm, I'm loving the journey, and much more to learn. As as we're seeing, you know, things will constantly be changing, and having a really good foundation and knowing how to use some of our skill sets is very, very important. And today we're facing the COVID virus. And I started to learn about cannabinoid medicine about 11 years ago and realized there's so much more to learn, Bill. Indeed. Uh, that's putting it putting it mildly. Let's back up a little bit. And if you don't mind, if you could help illuminate for our listeners how what, what your path was like to toward the discovery of cannabis and its therapeutic uses. I know you're originally from India and both of your parents, um, they too, I guess you're the offspring of some other very impressive individuals and both your, your mom and your father, if memory serves right, were uh, quite accomplished um, in the engineering world and, and medicine as well, correct? In mathematics, yes. Um, My mom was the first woman in South India to get her master's. And it was approximately 13 years later after the next woman accomplished that. My dad uh, was born in Burma and came to India and was a chemical engineer and was actually involved with creating which is what we're talking about today is one of the treatments with the virus during the wartime in India is a chemical engineer and worked for 
Park Davis and Helene Curtis and even BP in India before they came to the United States. And, and so when you arrived in the U.S., uh, if my memory serves right, you're roughly eight, so quite young. Um, was your transition pretty smooth? And um, were, were we living in, in Boston at the time? No, we actually, uh, when I first came to this country in 1970, uh, my mom uh company two kids my myself and my brother and my dad had come in June of that year prior to that and we lived in New Jersey and as a child you know we're very resilient and also uh, I've always been a very curious child as well and we lived in a community of multiple cross cultures and we first lived in Patterson and Clifton New Jersey and we were surrounded by various cultures, foods, people speaking various languages as well. And that's where I spent most of my upbringing years and uh, moved to India for a very brief period of time back in 1979 um, to start my first go around in medicine and came back to the United States and we started medicine in 1984. I've had multiple journeys, Bill, with starting medical school and have really persevered and finally finished medical school in 1995 and did my first life as a family physician trained in South Carolina and then came up to Harvard in 1998 and spent till uh, 2003 there where I did my second life in getting my master's in public health, my occupational environmental medicine residency, and I also did a fellowship in heavy metals. And um, my master's in public health really gave me a wonderful foundation to constantly be questioning how does impacts of health globally? And I really find this much more fascinating that at the end of the day, people are people no matter where we are. We all have the same emotions. We ultimately end up with the same chronic illnesses and also suffer the consequences from trauma. Indeed. Now, I know you had somewhat of a transformational moment um, when your mom was suffering from lung cancer. And it was through that experience that you began to gravitate to cannabis and began to understand its its importance as a form of medicine. Could you um, explain that a little bit more? Sure. My mom actually had lung disease, okay. uh, different than lung cancer, um, in the sense that she had what's called IPF, uh, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Fancy term for we don't know what caused your lung disease. Um, my mom had never been a smoker. She had really no known exposures to any type of known chemicals. Uh, she worked as a programmer. But it was my mom that actually not only gave me birth, but planted the seed for my curiosity about cannabis. 
she was uh, dying of this illness and she was watching a TV program and I was working in the state of Washington at the world's largest cleanup site for plutonium. And she saw a TV program and she said, they're using ganja. That was my beeline to the bedroom. And she was watching a TV program about how cannabis was being used in Israel for COPD, asthma, lung cancer, and PTSD. And it just did not make any sense to me at first. And it was about how in Israel, they were using it for their people because many Israelis had suffered from the Holocaust. Many of them suffered with chronic illnesses, including lung cancer, COPD, and asthma. And at first, it just did not make sense to me. Why would you smoke? And that too, why would you smoke weed to make you feel better and help you breathe? But it definitely led me into my curiosity to start learning about the endocannabinoid system. Before we jump into that, because I know that's a much more extensive discussion, we have to take a brief commercial break and then we'll um, transition right into that, that topic. Our advertisers are winners. Please check them out during this brief timeout. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 gardens garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. We're back on the field of play with more Winning with Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. So Dr. Uma, um, you were 
detailing your experience with your mom and the quote unquote aha moment where you became, you know, you, you had the ability to kind of acknowledge cannabis's role in, in treating a host of different uh, disorders and, and diseases. And you started to very profoundly um, understand its impact. And obviously that became that experience helped to kind of, you know, govern who you are today. I'm curious to know prior to that experience, did you have any exposure to cannabis? I, maybe this is just public perception, but I suspect at that time when you're at medical school, um, you know, cannabis was devalued and its therapeutic uses were glossed over um, in textbooks and whatnot. Or, or did you have any visibility to it as a medicinal tool? I'm so glad you brought that question up. In fact, um, I was on the other side of this whole aspect of cannabis in the sense that I am a medical review officer as one of my other credentials. And many people may not know what a medical review officer is, but if they've ever had to pee in a cup or go for a drug testing and somebody calls you up and says, you've tested positive for THC, they would clearly know what the role of a medical review officer is. I was working as a occupational environmental medicine physician and I was trained as a drug tester. So if you tested positive for this chemical THC, which is the what is known as the psychoactive component of cannabis, and I will come back to that, why I don't like that word psychoactive, but that was my experience was that I was actually on the other side that where, you know, we said you are now tested positive and you need to go to a employee assistance program, a substance abuse counselor will see you now and uh, you would be put on probation and many people even lost their jobs, especially where I was on a federal site because cannabis is federally illegal even today. And so I was, that was my exposure as, as a drug tester and how, you know, if you worked in a job and you used this chemical, like what would be the safety ramifications for you and also the company? Because uh, companies base their insurances on proudly saying, you know, we are a drug-free company and we do not support illegal drugs. Yet, uh, if you tested positive for a pharmaceutical drug that you received through a prescription from your healthcare provider, and you could show that, you then um, could report that as a negative drug test, which just did not make sense. So that's where my experience was, and never, ever, ever, ever had I learned about the endocannabinoid system in, in all my years of education. That's something that, that that's a horn you've been trumpeting quite loudly and for a good reason. And uh, I know some people understand the importance of the endocannabinoid system because it's, it's growing daily with the um, just kind of steady ascent of, of scientific discoveries. It's you know been called a supercomputer that, that regulates homeostasis in the human body. Um, if you can, can you kind of uncomplicate the system? I know there's over, I think, 100 different uh, receptors or is it chemicals? within the plant itself? 
it's really interesting you bring up both those words, the receptor and the chemical. So the plant um, has been around for thousands of years. And what we now know today is that it has over a thousand different chemicals in it. And we've identified cannabinoids. We've identified flavonoids, terpenoids, and fatty acids. And so the, the plant has cannabinoids that work with receptors that are in our body. And that's what makes this so fascinating because there are so many receptors and the receptors are located throughout the body, which makes this one plant be able to be multifunctional and multidimensional in how it works with these various receptors. And the cannabinoid system is very analogous to the nervous system. So when we talk about the plant and we talk about the cannabinoids, the very common ones that people talk about is uh, CBD and THC. And these two cannabinoids work in the endocannabinoid system, but in very different mechanisms. They work together in helping you if you feel overwhelmed by the impact of THC, the CBD kind of dampens it and kind of helps you bring you back to a sense of ease. But the system overall is for us to be at homeostasis, a sense of ease. And I use the words of Dr. Damaso to explain how the system functions. It helps us to relax. It helps us to eat, sleep, forget, and protect is the words that he uses. And I explain the system in one word, because if you're unable to relax, eat, sleep, forget, you will be our protect. You will be at a form of affecting your life. So I describe the endocannabinoid system in one word, life. And I explain that if you are not at ease, you are at a state of dis-ease. Well put. I'm curious, the versatility of this system, as you explained, is that the main reason that uh, cannabis has been able to universally treat so many varied illnesses? Is it attributable to the cannabinoid system? Or are there um, several other kind of underlying reasons that um, it's been able to in a demonstrable fashion, apply itself so effectively to a host of different ailments. There's so much that we don't know about mechanisms yet, but what we do know is that it has proven to help with multiple ailments, and not only today, but for years. And also what amazes me is that nobody has ever died from this plant. And why? Why aren't more people curious to say, why is that? Like, isn't people understanding that we're dying from a medications that are being given to us legally by our healthcare providers, namely opioids? And we've lost loved ones because of this. 
And many people did not die because they were addicts or they improperly used the medicines that was given to them. And so to me, why aren't more people curious about this plant? And why aren't more healthcare providers talk about this plant? And why isn't it mandatory that everybody not know about this plant at this point, especially when we have this plant be used as a medicine in the United States and it's legally available in many states now. As I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, I, and it's worth underscoring again, you have worked with um, many different notable athletes and have been able to, in many cases, um, create measurable impacts and uh, in, introduce the medicine where in most cases, uh, nothing else has been able to heal certain wounds and the medicine has obviously paid great dividends with a lot of your more notable patients. We have to take a quick pause. Now I want to jump into some of your consulting work with some of those luminaries and uh, what kind of some of those outcomes have been like. Our advertisers are winners. Please check them out during this brief timeout. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network, learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers, and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected, get informed, and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line. Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. We're back on the field of play with more Winning with Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com. So, Dr. Uma, um, I, I mentioned before some of the athletes that you have worked with, uh, many of which are quite prominent. Can you go into a little bit more detail about uh, the, the 
kind of manner in which you're able to impart medical advice uh, to these athletes? What has been your kind of personal experience in terms of wrestling with some of the more invisible scars, CTE, what have you? Um, so, yeah, please, I'll turn it over to you. My mission became to change the stigma that's been related to cannabis and for the world to know about the endocannabinoid system. And I've done it through education. And the message I wanted to clear, get clearly out there is that, that there's an athlete in all of us. And so I took that message to a different panel and I started a doc and jocks panel, me being the doc and having different athletes. And I had the pleasure and the honor of meeting Jim McMahon. And I had no idea who this man was when I first met him. And I have a, such a love and a respect for him. And it's a mutual love and respect that we have for each other. And I'm so proud of him because when I have been able to explain to him about the endocannabinoid system, and now it rolls off of Jim McMahon's tongue, is to say the endocannabinoid system. And he understands that this is a plant that's been around for thousands of years, that there's three facts that Dr. Uma wants the world to know. And the facts are fact number one, that nobody has ever died from cannabis and you cannot because part of the brainstem that controls your breathing and your heart rate cannot be blocked by cannabis. That's why you may feel like you're dying, but you're not going to die. And people die because your heart stops beating or you can't breathe. The second fact is the government, the United States of America, has a patent, patent number 6630507, that was issued on October 7, 2003. And it clearly states cannabinoids, all of them, as an antioxidant and neuroprotectant. So the rhetoric that has been taught to us about the developing brain and how it can cause damage is actually been helpful for these athletes that have suffered traumatic brain injuries, CTE that you mentioned, and how it can actually prevent some of the trauma that they are going to be exposed to. And the third fact is the United States of America doctors had the right and the privilege to write prescription for this cannabis. And that's what it was called. And it was in the United States Pharmacopeia from 1850 to 1942, and it was used in a form of tinctures, in a form of asthma cigarettes, in a form of different methods of medications, and it was used for opioid addiction. It was used for the treatment of alcoholism, for the treatment of insanity, pain, and so the list goes on and on and on. So these three facts is what all of my athletes can boldly tell you today and share with the public. And so they've become my vehicles, not only to proudly say that they themselves are able to use cannabis and to help them, but also have become my messengers. And 
I have a simple philosophy, reach one, teach 10, teach one, reach 10. And this is how we're getting the message out and destigmatizing this beautiful plant. Well, thanks for speaking truth to power and as always allowing science and the facts to lead the way, Dr. Uma. Um, before we depart, I want you to share with our listeners uh, how precisely they can get in touch with you, learn more about your, your methodology, your accomplishments, and uh, the efficacy of, of what you're doing. We are at Uplifting Health and Wellness. We have a brand new location, which is 777 Concord Avenue, Suite 106 in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I am a primary care physician. I'm an occupational environmental medicine physician. I'm a medical review officer and very proud to say one of 50 doctors in the nation that is a certified cannabinoid medicine specialist. Our phone number is 508-444-2324. Our website is upliftinghealthandwellness.com and also totalhealthcarethc.com. And our values are educate, embrace, and empower. And I am Dr. Uma Dr. Uma, it's been a pleasure. And I want to leave on this parting note. I want to share a quote um, of yours, one that resonated particularly well with me, and I'm sure so many others. And the quote is, cannabis is not for everyone. Yet it should be a first-line option, not the last resort. Cannabis is not an entrance drug. It's an exit drug from pharmaceuticals, narcotics, alcohol, and nicotine. Thanks so much, Dr. Umar, for joining our program. And I wish you all the best. I want to thank you and continued success and look forward to meeting you in person. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.